Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Realcom Live. Almost. Um, I want to apologize for those of you who are trying to watch live. Unfortunately, we experienced a problem with our streaming services. So what we're going to do is we're going to record this episode. And as soon as it's done, an email is going to go out to our base, and you'll be able to watch the recording. So we'll, uh, we'll get things squared away for next week. But kind of ironic that the first day we're going back live, we're, we're going to record again. So um, we've been on a little bit of a hiatus, and it's not because we didn't want to go live with Realcom uh, Live, but we just had so much great content from both Realcom and IBCon in the summer and Cortec and Buildings AI in the fall that we did not want you to miss that the, those great conversations. I mean, we had so many great domain experts in the room uh, having great conversations. We turned on the camera and caught those, and that's what you've been watching throughout the fall and, and um, you know early part of January. And for those of you, uh, you know, who don't know about our YouTube channel, please go up there. There are 15 plus years of content uh, on some of the most innovative conversations as it relates to real estate technology. So we wanted to start uh, our first episode of the year talking about the Consumer Electronics Show. And you say, what does that have to do with real estate technology? The answer is a lot. We've been going to both Comdex when it was uh, in existence and CES for 20 years. Uh, our teams would go, we'd disappear into those massive exhibit halls for two or three days, go back to the hotel rooms, debrief, and then figure out what of those general technologies needed to be integrated into the real estate tech conversation, whether it was 5G, video conferencing, uh, cloud computing. It allowed us and still allows us to be ahead of the curve as it relates to emerging trends in the general tech sector that are going to come down into our, our world pretty darn quick and even getting faster and faster every day. So what did we, uh, um, Howard goes to CES. Uh, our team does not go uh, as a whole anymore, but we do have a representative there. But uh, as good as Howard is, we wanted to reach out to somebody who um, almost makes it his living to follow the consumer electronics industry, is a, 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 a content, a attends, attends CES on a regular basis every year. And, and knows the ins and outs of those aisles and all those vendors and brings great condensed insight to us and our community. So with that, I'd like to bring Mark on and get this conversation started. Jim, how are you? Good, how are you? I am glad to be here in San Jose where it's been raining. It was raining like hell the last couple of days, but now the sun has come out. So I'm glad to be back, uh, you know, yeah, we got our Pineapple Express down here in Southern California. So you may have got the northern tip of it and we got the southern tip of it. Um, yeah, it was, it was bad the last week. I never never went through such bad weather over the course of three days. Well, but, yeah. we'll let's let's blame the weather on our streaming problem, yes. right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and as you said, when we figured out what had happened was you never know. I mean, there are a million moving pieces to this. And the, the, the reality is you got to pivot. We're recording and this information will be out to our, our community 30 minutes later. So not as good as live, but you know, the, the, the wonder of live streaming, you know, and, you know, yeah. kind of like in the early days of live television. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The good news is we don't I don't get as stressed out as I used to. You know, it, it happens. There's not, not much you can do about it. Ian will dig into it and figure out, you know, who didn't have the right switch turned on. But nonetheless, we're going to record a great episode and, and get it out to our community. So let's, I always like to start my conversations with guests with a, who are you? How did you get into this field, right? Because that's context. It's not like you're in tech for, you know, three days or three years. No. You've been at this a while. So give everybody a little understanding about who you are and where you came from. And then we'll, you know, kind of evolve into the CES conversation. Yeah, yeah, sure. Thank you. Well, thank you for letting me appear in your your uh, um, uh, program again. The, um, you know, I come out of the, my pedigree is I come really out of the uh, the PC space. I spent 10 years with Compaq in the day, 
six or seven years with um, with uh, Dell, uh, a bunch of years with different silicon companies like Synaptics, which was a, a, a my first ingredient company. So I really come from a a technology from an end user standpoint from PCs to now um, the silicon solutions that go into products that people use every day. And I, for the last five years, I've had my own company, Smart Tech Research, where I really kind of focus on a lot of the big major companies in terms of what they're doing in the electronic space, um, especially whether it's PCs, mobile phones, IoT devices, uh, services. And it's been fascinating, you know, and uh, I kind of look at the market in kind of a an even keeled way. We'll go into it in, in a... Um, in a bit in terms of the things that I thought that were the most important trends coming out of CES, because that's always a fascinating show to go to. I mean, you just see things. Overwhelming, exhausting. exhausting. It is. You know, you get back and you go to sleep for 12 hours as soon as the, as soon as you get back home. But uh, mm-hmm. I've been a consumer technology geek, like I think like yourself, for the better part of my life. And it's something you, once you get hooked onto, it's, it's hard to get off that drug. So I totally agree that, you know, consumer and uh, technology in, uh, in that industry drives a lot of conversations. And there is a correlation with general tech enterprise technology that runs every business in this country. And in our world of smart technology as it relates to buildings, right? And, and smart buildings, smart campuses, smart cities. Uh, and, and I think you're going to actually share that there's a lot more of that conversation going on at CES this year. Yeah. Um, and so, but why, why CES for you? I mean, there are other shows globally you know, and there are other, you know, um, shows that focus on AV and stuff. Why, why specifically do you go to CES? Well, CES has always had a reputation for the big guys show up and they make, you know, profound announcements about different products and technology that are going to change kind of the, the, the world. And I think some of that was reflected, especially in this year's CES, which I, by the way, I did not, I usually go, not usually go. I mean, I'm like the Lou Gehrig of CESs. I <laughs> 25 or 26 in a row. I had a family um, situation that prevented me from going physically, but uh, like we were chatting offline, it was actually kind of uh, comforting in many ways to cover it online because you know I have the I had the ability to watch multiple keynotes at the same time. Something you cannot do no. when you're physically there. Um, and uh, by the way, I can write and type and do a lot of different things, you know, in real time. Um, and by the well, way, yeah, I made yeah. a bunch of money, you know, and I didn't have to wait on what, what, for uh, Ubers to show up. So, well, but- I mean, if you, if you think about it, I mean, the benefits of being there is you can feel the emotion, talk to real people, you can see the energy in certain areas. But to your point, multiple keynotes going at the same time, keyboards, you know, news feeds coming in from the various oh, yeah. tech newspapers telling you where to look. They, I, you know, in these days, I think it, it would be make sense for people to send one person physically right. and one person digitally and then let them you know, compare notes at the end to see who missed what. But um, yeah, I mean, these days it is getting easier to uh, to dissect these events uh, remotely. Yeah. So but you, um, get, you miss you miss hanging out in the bars, and that, that's the one thing you miss is that opportunistic thing where you're in a bar or a restaurant and you bump into someone you haven't seen in ten years, and something comes out of it. So yeah. I, I actually look forward to getting back there live and in person. But there's you know there's certainly some advantages to being there in person. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, Howard, Howard was there for a little bit this year and, and gave us a little report, but that's why we want to reach out to you to get the, to get the deep, sure. uh, the deep dive. So um, w- give me an idea of some of the top trends. I mean, and there were hundreds of them, okay, oh, yeah. if not thousands. So bubble up the top three, four five trends that, that you think are, are really going to be the big conversation for the next 12 months. Yeah, and if we could pull up that that that, that quick slide that I've uh, prepared, 
I would have to say that at a top level, there's, and this is not going to surprise a lot of people, AI was everywhere. You know, even the hot dog vendors had AI signs up. I mean, (laughs) if you were not, if you're a company, even if you were a legacy established company, like some of the big guys like HP or Dell, Qualcomm, if you're not talking about AI, you're just not relevant. And, and so that was absolutely true. You know, we've talked offline, you, Jim and I, uh, Jim, about, you know, the upsides of AI, which I'm a profound believer that AI is going to be a kind of a transformative uh, capability in our lives, in our businesses, by the way, in the real estate sector and commercial building sector um, as well. There's some downsides as well, which we could, you and I could have a separate um, (laughs) podcast about that, but it was everywhere. The second thing, yeah, just AI, real quick, real quick on the AI, um, was it just the 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 big conversations, the big you know goals and objectives, the big prognostications, or were you seeing it literally in action, mind blowing demos? I mean, did did any real substantive applications or demos come out of this year's event? Yeah, there, there were, and and I think it's really two things. It was really one thing where I have an existing product, an existing technology. Now I'm adding AI to it, and it's amplifying, um, or really kind of really blowing out. Hey, hey, here's what the potential of this legacy technology could do. And then there, of course, there's brand new, transformative things that AI, um, which we'll talk about in about a second when we get to number three, that hey, it's reinventing older categories of capability. So I saw demos, I saw services, I saw some, a lot of stuff on the NDA that I could not, I can't share, of course, you know, that, that, that uh, were, uh, was interesting, but AI was everywhere. And I, you know, in my 30 years, 25 to 30 years of technology um, uh, journeys with different companies, I have never seen anything like what AI um, is doing. Big to certain and mobile, mo- bigger than mobile and bigger than the cloud, bigger than mobile, bigger than the cloud, bigger than the internet. Wow. You know, wow. I really think, wow. and, uh, wow. and there's also where there's some dangerous stuff that goes along with that. But the, the I think the, the the AI impact, and by the way, Jim, we're just at the beginning of all this. I you know, this, what oh, you're yeah. seeing right now, you know, a lot of a lot of these companies are throwing things against the wall to see what will stick. Much of it will not stick. Right. But there will be stuff that's so profound and so game changing that when we look back at this 20 years from now, it's kind of kind of like well. Now, how did we not know that this was not going to transform people's lives and businesses right. and just the way we kind of uh, go through life every day? So be, so number two, uh, Apple Vision Pro, we would call that AR, VR, XR, been around yes. 10 years-ish. Yeah. We've had well, the goggles at our event. What did you well, see this year that got you well, excited? It's funny because Apple, of course, was not formally at, at, at CES. They haven't been at CES, at least in a formal presence in years. They do, you know, they don't let anybody tell you anything differently, but uh, Apple very much sends a, 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 a squad of people that goes there just to check out what's going on. But Vision Pro, and, and what's interesting today happens to be Vision Pro is now arriving uh, in stores. I get my Vision Pro unit probably sitting in front of my uh, door right now. And everyone is trying to you know make bets right now is Apple going to be the first company that mainstreams VR and, and AR? Mm. And I think based on what I've seen, I played with it about six, about five months ago, six months ago when it first came out. I only had a few minutes with it. Uh, now, of course, I'll be able to spend a lot of dedicated time with. But every company now is trying to figure out this, this ecosystem that Apple is going to build with Vision Pro, very much like they did with smartphones, very much like they, they did with iPads. Is that going to make this a mainstream category that a, a a mother from Castaic, California, 
you know, might be using this casually in their different interactions during the day. And that's what's been missing from AR and VR. AR and VR has been largely kind of games, video games, not to say that's not important, but, and there are, there are some um, industrial applications of AR and VR, which I think is important, but I well, will. Yeah. And we'll, and we'll talk about in the second segment, when we focus on the real estate industry, we're going to come back to this slide yes. and, and talk a little bit about how all these things impact yes. our world of you know, smart buildings and smart cities and, and what Absolutely. have you. Um, all right. Number three, the AI PC arrives. How's that different than number yeah. one? Yeah. So most people's um, experience with AI, even if you're not a technologist, like we are and we're involved in that category. They, 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 they use an app like ChatGPT where, hey, write me a article for 200 words that, um, I'm sorry, write me, an, write me an article for 200 words on this topic and it spits out a bunch of text and you're excited that something, you had a tool that actually wrote something for you that, um, that you could actually use. All of that, uh, that activity is happening up in the cloud. You know, and now the latency may be only a few seconds, which is amazing. The concept concept of an AI PC is companies like Intel, Qualcomm, AMD. They're now creating chips with built-in AI capability that resides in your PC. And there may be usage models that if I have that capability that I can execute and create images, create videos in real-time fashion, that it's very difficult to do that from a cloud standpoint. Now I'm still waiting for those usage models to appear to 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 to, to make make sure that Jim, when you go out to the store and you buy a PC in 2004 or two, uh, 2024 or 2025, that you'll actually look for a, a device that has that. Yeah. Kind of, sort of, some of that stuff is emerging, but I think it's going to be a thing, you know. And well, the- it's a, it's another rejiggering of IT architecture, right? We went from yeah. well mainframes to minis, minis to PCs. PCs back to mainframes, i.e. the cloud, and now it's going to be edge. There's going to be a combination of technologies that will deliver this crazy new stuff we're seeing. Yes. And, and of course, the advantage, of course, and I'll just end it at this, is that when you have your um, that AI technology locally residing on your device, whether it's a smartphone, whether it's a tablet, whether it's a PC, people, many people prefer that because all that stuff now is private. It's, conf- you know, it, 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 you know, you, when you're doing this stuff up in the cloud, regardless of what you hear, there are security concerns. You may not, Absolutely. you may not want your competitors. You may not want, know, uh, you want the world knowing, by the way, that I'm writing an article on this and all that action's going on in the cloud. So doing all this stuff locally has profound confidential confidentiality advantages. Yep. You know, we'll see if, if consumers privacy really still matters. And I know yeah. it's, 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 that's kind of a funny statement given how much it's been opened up, but uh, I do think the day will come back when people are, con- are yes. concerned about it. So the last one, 5G, gosh, 3G, 4G, 5G, all we want to do is make sure our cell phones work in buildings. I will tell you for a fact that in some of the biggest, most iconic real estate projects in this country, we still struggle with our cell phones in the parking garages and 10, 15 floors up, right? So what what did you hear about 5G? Well, you know, and we've discussed this before, you know, 5G was announced with so much hoopla and so much enthusiasm that it was going to, you know, completely redo the broadband industry. Hey, by the way, you'll never need, you, you wouldn't have to use a, a, a cable, you know, you wouldn't have to get fiber optic uh, if you, you want yeah. the best needs. You can now can rely on a completely uh, te- tetherless experience uh, to your home, you know, not just, and by the way, have that capability with smartphones where you can watch a high definition movie on your smartphone, just like that without any latency. And unfortunately that the hoopla 
really was ahead of all the infrastructure that had to be built out for you to experience that. I mean, Typical. if you go to New York City yeah. right now, if you if even if you um, have a 5G phone, even if the 5G coverage is actually uh, pretty decent, 5G, certain the early implementations of 5G doesn't work terribly well if you've got a lot of buildings, frankly. Right. If you have, uh, and the line of sight is, and line, line of sight becomes a real problem because you don't, typically don't have line, line of sight when you're walking around um, downtown Manhattan. So that now, the infrastructure, the capabilities, the different permutations of, of 5G that can overcome that, where you really don't need direct line of sight, that's happening as we speak. So I really think the potential for realizing that that original vision, I think it's going to be a lot more promising this year than it's been when it first got rolled out a couple of years ago. And, and we'll go into a little more depth, like I said, after the break and talk about what we're seeing with CBRS and, and other you know, subsets of the 5G conversation. Right. Let's take a uh, brief break here from one of our sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to hone in a little bit on all these technologies. In fact, to our world, the buildings. All right, so let's go back um, and, and talk a little bit about how these things are going to impact our world, right? You're the general tech consumer electronic expert. We focus on the built environment. So let's start with AI. Some of the things we're seeing, obviously, is, uh, and, and maybe something you didn't see at the Consumer Electronics Show, was you know, using AI to fine-tune the HVAC systems inside buildings you know, so we're not air-conditioning buildings that are empty, right? Yeah. Um, AI in the security realm, facial recognition, some, some, some security privacy concerns there. Certainly in the back-end operations of how a real estate organization, you know, where do I buy? What's my most profitable building? Applying all this artificial intelligence and other AI technologies to large tranches of financial data and market data. Anything else that you saw in the, maybe even the realm of the smart home world that AI is, is poking around at? Oh yeah, I, I think the 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 opportunity for AI in the smart home is really providing a customized, personalized, immersive immersive experience. Now we've gotten a taste of that with smart home 1.0, where you know I come home, there's a sensor, it knows I walk into the house, turn the air conditioning on, turn turn on the Frank Sinatra music. You know, the the, the thing that's kind of interesting about AI is that AI has the ability to learn, and and curate different information. So you know. Forgive, forgive me for this analogy, but the analogy would be is that over the course of time, if you have the right sensors in your house, whether you have wife, uh, a thing called Wi-Fi sensing, which is devices, that, it's not cameras, but the ability to use Wi-Fi signals to see what objects are walking around in the house, it can adapt and understand your daily routine in a way that you, you, know, you certainly don't want to waste time kind of telling a device Oh, by the way, to this it's this part of the time, uh, turn this uh, this time of day, turn the lights out at this time of day. It understands your routine, you know. So I think that has an enormous implications from a um, from a, uh, a a security standpoint. Hey, by the way, your kids come home at three o'clock every single day. Maybe there's an exception and knows it's a holiday. So guess what? The kids are not coming home. They're already home. Right. There's also health implications in terms of, especially in a a, a, a building, a commercial building. I've been in commercial buildings sometimes, probably before the before the uh, pandemic, where you're the last person in the building. There's nobody there. It, and if I had a heart attack in the building, they'd find me the following morning. It would be lights out, Mark. Right. You know, let's talk to Jim about doing a eulogy. Well, <laughs> guess what? With the right type of technology and AI understanding, hey, by the way, there's a person that tends to work late at night. It's not a burglar. It's not someone who's doing some mischievous things. That has enormous implications from a cost-saving standpoint, from yep, monitoring safety. health. Yep. So 
I really, and I've seen, you're seeing a lot of that roll out. Um, so I think the AI implications for the way that kind of will kind of uh, play itself out, is going to be pretty big. So moving on to the AR, VR, XR, we've had goggles on people's heads at our show going on 10 years. Oh, we're going to be doing a maintenance repair. It's too complex. I don't know what I'm doing. I click a button. I bring in an expert. He's seeing what I'm seeing. You know, he's moving fingers around the show me what to do remotely. Hasn't really met mainstream. Why? Why maybe with this new Apple announcement, is that going to change? My prediction, and I'll, you know, I, I don't often make predictions, but my prediction only because I've I've played with the goggles for seven minutes, you know, about six months ago, and, I, and I'm sure the experience has gotten even better. So that's why I'm anxious to play with my unit when I get it. Jim, the experience is so immersive that it's almost disorienting, meaning that. Yeah, there's been there's there's been uh, uh, AR goggles on the on the market. There's been stuff from from Meta, you know, chiefly for gaming. Not bad, but you could still kind of tell that it was kind of a bit gimmicky. This the you know you're talking about uh, this particular device has enough pixel pix, uh, pixels in it that it's like a 5K uh, video in in each wow. eye, completely immersive. You don't see any light, and it's disorienting. It takes your brain about a minute and a half. And the reason why I think this might play out interestingly in the real estate market is that being able to check out a piece of real estate in a real time way where you can go from room to room. Yeah, I know some, there's been uh, Matterport and there's been some other technologies out there that kind of sort of do that. And, and it's not it's, it's, it's not real time. It's, it's no, an image. That's a recorded it's, image. Right. The doing this in real time where you could just walk around in a 360 degree experience is mind blowing. And by the way, Apple just, and I'm not trying to plug Apple because Apple's not the perfect company, but Apple does remarkable things from a market product rollout standpoint. The iPhone 15 Pro, which has been out now since September, has the ability to capture spatial video. So wow. one of the things I'm going to do, because you have to have content, right? It's not about, it's not, I, 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 well, hey, I want to use this, the Vision Pro to watch a great movie that's been shot in a 3D type of way, that will be a great experience. But I think from a practicality business standpoint, for for realtors to be able to shoot video in spatial format and then upload that and, and be able to access that with Vision Pro is gonna be mind blowing. And, that, and, and as you know, with real estate, it's all about, well, hey, what was the experience that I got it was so compelling that I now wanna physically visit the property, whether it's residential, exactly. whether it's commercial. If it's, if it's amateur hour, if it's an amateur hour experience, you're not probably going to take that last leap. Well, and and so I'm going to ask you if, you know, two, three weeks after you've had a chance to play around and really get comfortable with it, let's bring you back on. And I don't know if we can simulate or you can show yeah. what's in the goggles. Let's figure that out because we've been following this, like I said, for at least 10 years. It never really caught on. Every year it's at the conference. But I, if it's real, I'm going to rely on you to tell me it's real. And then we're going to start oh, digging I, into I, these real estate applications. Oh, I would love to do that. And, and the real estate sector like any good business sector, people, you know, they, a lot of the noise with the analysts like myself, oh, it's 3,500 bucks. People are not going to, it's too expensive for the average consumer. And you tell me if I'm, I'm wrong here. Uh, the real estate category, whether it's commercial or whether it's um, uh, residential, if there is a product out there that will move the needle and, and, and shorten the selling cycle and create a better immersive experience, $3,500 is a drop in the bucket. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you have one in the office, you know, initially everybody's not wearing them all day, but you got to have one and you got to start thinking, do I get it? Ask that client client to get on a plane or do I send them a pair of goggles? Right. Yeah. Yes. And, 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 and we've been talking. Like, like sure. No, we, I got we, it. 
Yeah, we've been talking about it for 10 years. I'm excited to think maybe it's it's getting to that tipping point. Last quick topic before I let you go, the 5G. Um, did they talk about CBRS or in-building networks or the private networks? That, or was it just consumer 5G? At no, that, they lead with consumer because it's a, it's a consumer trade show. But they also there's also a lot of discussions, especially with the um, the carriers around where they need they know they have to do that to create a much better experience around 5G. There is now a lot of promising information, uh, you know, rollouts coming along from as I was telling you about the the equipment infrastructure that's rolling out in a much more profound way that will allow people now to take a 5G signal and, and convert that to wireless connectivity in their home. So you, there's an opportunity to save money. I don't have to pay a cable company for that experience. Yep. Yep. So I think there is a, there's some ongoing um, optimism that 5G will start to realize its potential, particularly, you know, in the, um, in the real estate and in the building um, uh, category. And uh, I just think that frankly, I think a, a lot of the industry right now, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, there's still a little bit of skepticism the way that yeah. a lot of the stuff got rolled out. So there's a little yeah. bit of uh, show me I'm from Missouri. We're looking for real solutions in, yeah. in building wireless is still, a major problem within yes. our industry. Yeah. Right. One and final. Then, and then there's the last concept around smart cities and smart right. towns. The ability to have a ubiquitous experience when I leave my home and I go to my downtown and that the, the, there's a Wi-Fi experience that I don't have to keep connecting to different Wi-Fi networks. Different, exactly. There's an e-commerce advantage to that. There's a safety and security advantage to that. So that's now happening in a big way. Uh, uh, Calyx is a, is a very, very um, successful a communications equipment company that's doing a lot of work in that area, especially from a smart town standpoint because of the markets they serve. And I think that's a that's a trend that we're going to see much more of that in the future. We'll look we'll look into that company because again, we're we have a 5G in-building wireless pavilion at our conference and we're just looking for technology and solutions that will help these building owners and operators get cell coverage inside, you know, robust right. coverage inside their building. Because if you don't, your tenants aren't going to want to be there. They're going to stay home. Yeah, well, and especially, yeah. especially in the rental market, you know, you've got people now because the people who are renting apartments, they can't afford a home, if you, especially if you live in California. And if you're going to rent an apartment and spend twenty five hundred or three thousand dollars a month, that apartment has to be smart. You know, Same they, for an office. Same for a retail location. An office as well. And by the way, I'm sure you'll tell me this is that a lot of um, real estate properties that may be in fabulous locations, but because they don't have that smart capability built into it, it becomes a lot less. Well, the old, the old adage used to be location, location, location. The new adage is location, communications, location. Yes. If I you don't have that. communications along with locations, it's not a modern building. It's just I not. agree. All right. We are unfortunately out of time. Thank you so much for making time for our audience. Final words. We'll throw up your slide and, and give us a little yeah, bit. Of, uh, I, I, I love sorry. talking to you, Jim. We got to do this in the future. If you want to subscribe to my YouTube Smart Tech Check uh, podcast, you got some QR codes that make it very convenient. Please connect with me on LinkedIn. And I'm on Twitter, of course, as well. And uh, if I can help uh, companies in any way, please reach out to me. I'd love to chat with you. Awesome. Well, again, thank you for making the time. Uh, it's important to us to be able to find domain experts and in the consumer electronics space, you're our go-to guys. So thank you so much. And I'm thank sure we're going to be having a couple more of these before the conference. Have a great weekend. You too. Be well. All right. Uh, gosh, I mean, I've been to those shows for years. Uh, it's overwhelming to digest and, and figure out what's important and what's not, but so good to have a guy like Mark uh, on our team. All right, with that, uh, let's bring on Lisa Woods, who's covering for Mr. Berger and bring us up to speed on this week's news. There she is. How are you, Lisa? I'm good, thanks. How are you, Jim? 
Good. Well, I know we went a little bit over, so I'll get out of your way and let you get everybody up to speed on the news. And uh, yeah. I'll be back when you're done. Okay. Sounds good. We've got a lot of news this week, so let's jump right into it. Our lead article um, this week was written by Realcom, and it cites the top 15 technology trends impacting the built environment 2021, or 2024, sorry about that. So Realcom sends out this survey every year to several hundred commercial and corporate real estate leaders and visionaries, mostly on the end user side, but also to technology providers who serve the industry. And what the survey does is ask for insight on what the year might look like and then trends they see as transformative. The article was based um, really on the insight gathered from the data and identifies the top 15 things that were top of mind for industry executives and then how these trends are shaping the built environment in 2024. So one of the top trends is the critical need for aligning technology strategies with business goals. So this is starting to be talked about a lot and is also the basis for our conference theme this year. Another is the specific beneficial use cases for AI taking precedence over the more generalized statements of AI capability. And then just two more that I'll mention, environmental sustainability will be an important element in achieving carbon reduction goals and cybersecurity will be a top priority in 2024. So if you wanna see the entire list and other insights about 2024, you can find the article um, at the very top of our newsletter this week. So the next article topping the list uh, comes to us from Globe Street. What are multifamily operators prioritizing in tech this year? So in this article, the single word from these multifamily professionals on their 2024 technology wish list is less. According to Todd Watkins, COO of Railfield Partners, the multifamily industry is overrun with technology, and he stresses the need for a more balanced approach, preferring to prioritize on-site presence and market knowledge over excessive reliance on technology. So Watkins thinks too many people suffer from the fear of being left behind and that too much of the industry is chasing the shiny new object. Seems like I've heard that saying somewhere before. The article suggests that many in the multifamily um, industry agree that the continuous influx of the tech solutions has really led to an app and tech exhaustion. So this article covers a lot of insights we'll be here. We've been hearing more and more about lately. So check that one out. And then the last article I'll mention from this week's newsletter was reported by CNN and some disturbing activities by China. So FBI Director Christopher Wray issued a stern warning to the House Select Committee on the Chinese Communist Party, emphasizing that Chinese hackers are poised to inflict substantial harm on the U.S. Wray expressed concerns about China's cyber operatives targeting American critical infrastructure, including water treatment plants, electrical systems, and oil pipelines. The hearing focused on China's infiltration of U.S. computer networks with officials emphasizing the exploitation of fundamental flaws in technology. The FBI and Justice Department are actively countering the Chinese uh, hacking campaign, yet the sheer number of Chinese cyber operatives poses a formidable challenge. So obviously this is a very important article, so you'll want to read that. Other articles in our newsletter, uh, newsletter this week, Blackstone is building a $25 billion empire of data, data centers in Phoenix. One project the size of 60 football fields and at another site about 30 miles away, a complex is being constructed on over 400 acres. Deloitte debuts an AI platform for sustainability and climate action. And finally, even with troubles, money still flows into PropTech. So if you're interested in, in the status of PropTech and its future, check that out. 
As you know, the weekly briefing goes out every Thursday and uh, it should be at the very top of your inbox. But if not, you can go over to realcom.com and uh, and find all of those articles there on our website. So great, great job um, on the on the trends. If you want 30 years of experience, well, hundreds of years of experience and three years of intensive research, you want to read that one. I Absolutely. think you may have heard shiny new object from this guy right here because <laughs> I've been trying to beat down the shiny on, uh, shiny new yeah. object syndrome for at least five, maybe even 10 yeah, years. Yeah, I've heard that yeah. phrase just a few times from just you. A, just a few times. And that last one, it was chilling. I watched part of the congressional hearing yesterday. I'm going to finish watching it. Just watch uh, Ray's testimony, the head of CISA, the White House, and DOD. Um, this is serious and it's going to be a major theme at our conference this year. Yeah, so absolutely. Lisa, great job as always. Um, really enjoy having you do the news. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Okay. So before we uh, wrap and talk about next week a little bit, let's hear from our final sponsor and uh, we'll be right back. So um, next week's episode, one of my all time favorite topics, the concept of bringing low voltage into a building uh, in a meaningful way, lights, different IOT devices, um, if, if we were to take uh, this concept seriously and get it implemented in the buildings, we could address the global warming issue, the, the carbon neutrality issue. Uh, we can get to net zero buildings much faster. So we are going to bring two of the smartest guys on this topic onto the show, Jim Baldwin and Steve Corcoran. They've got a project up in Seattle, as well as a couple others that have implemented low voltage technologies into the building, probably more than any other building in the United States, if not the world, with the exception of a couple others. Um, you are gonna see firsthand where low voltage works inside of a building. Um, we're gonna have photos that show you the different applications. They're gonna talk about what worked and what didn't. If you are at all interested in the future of buildings and something that could really impact in a meaningful way, uh, the, the carbon impact buildings have 44% plus, um, you are not gonna to wanna to miss this episode. So with that, um, I say goodbye for today. We'll see you next week. And I'm really looking forward to having that discussion on low voltage buildings and the impact on the real estate industry. Thank you and have a great day. Be well.